0: like you heard pastor Wooden is not going to be here this evening. Uh pray for him. So I've been given the opportunity to minister the gospel to you guys. Um if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to me to the book of Joshua, chapter 3, we're going to be reading verses 7 through 11. So again, it was like 4:30 and pastor was like I'm not going to be able to make it to prayer. I'm not really feeling really well. I said, "Well, Pastor if it's okay with you, I can cover the service for you so you can get ready for the marriage retreat this weekend. And he said, that'd be very nice of you. So here we go. So in our lives, we're brought through circumstances. And the only way to get through those circumstances is going to have to be through a miracle. How many know that being a Christian is not easy? How many of have decided that we're going to step into the will of God and do what he has called for us? And then things happen. We start getting random attacks. Britney's car just got totaled. It's deemed total. But why? It's because this, that the devil's constantly, you know, attacking us. He's attacking, he makes us sick. We lose jobs. Salvation of loved ones. You see, throughout our lives, we're going to face many of these difficulties and these challenges as Christians. And most times, <clears throat> we're able to move through those difficulties and challenges on our own. But there are also times... Where we have no ability and no say in what is going to happen, and we solely have to rely on God to do His part. The Bible says in First Peter 5:8, be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may destroy." You see here tonight, church, the devil is the one that always brings ner- negative circumstances against God's people. There's an unforeseen battle. That you and I face. And majority of the time we get through them. But sometimes God allows certain attacks or certain situations to take place that we're unable to control so that He can actually show us His glory. Joshua 3 7 through 11. The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you. Just as I was with Moses, I give you this command. I give this command to the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come. Listen what the Lord says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, The Hivites, the Prezorites, the Gershites, the Amorites, the Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of all the earth, will lead you across the river. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Waymaker. Let's begin and look first at trusting in God. So let's get some background knowledge of this passage of scripture. For those who don't know, Joshua succeeded Moses as the leader of Israel. After Moses died This would kind of be like Pastor Greg taking over uh, Pastor Wayman Mitchell's spot in the fellowship So If Joshua was appointed by God To be a leader over Israel He had to have some kind of Qualification So let's look at some qualifications that Joshua had One God appointed him Numbers 27, 18-23 The Lord replied Take Joshua son of Nun who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him, pre- present him to Eleazar the priest before the whole community and publicly commission him to lead the people. Transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eleazar the priest who will use the urim. One of the sacred lots cast before the Lord to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel will reach, will determine everything that they should do. So the Lord commanded, he presented Joshua to Eleazar the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people just as the Lord commanded Moses to do. So this picture right here in this text of Numbers is, if you've ever seen a Bible conference, they have the couples line up. And they lay hands on them and pray pray for them. This is exactly what's happening. So one, God appoints those couples to go. Number two, why he's qualified is because him and Moses were actually the only two living eyewitnesses of the Egyptian plagues and the exodus that happened in Egypt prior to Moses' death. Number three, he was... Personally, aside of Moses for 40 years. This would mean that he would spend a lot of time with Moses and learn the ways and the customs of their laws. Number four, of the 12 scouts, him and Caleb were the only ones that showed complete confidence in God. That allowed them to, that would help them to conquer the land. Meaning that Joshua was a man of faith and obedience. So we see here after Moses' death, Joshua was a well-qualified man. He was a man that God used to carry out his orders. In our main text, we see Joshua giving this order, Joshua three eight, you shall command the the priest who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you come to the edge of the water of Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan River. First, we see God giving Joshua a command to bring the ark of the covenant to the Jordan River and to stand in it. Scholars say at this time of the year that the waters would be at a high; it's it's flooding season, so it's almost impossible to cross. But Joshua knows this, and yet he still follows God's order. God brings his people in this portion of the scripture to a point where they're at the halt. Remember, we talked about that God brings us to places where we can't do anything without him. And this is one of those circumstances. They're unable to cross this river without God stepping in and doing a miracle. And surely this is what we see happen. Joshua three seventeen. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all of Israel crossed over the dry ground until the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Here we see in verse 17 that God is showing that through faith and obedience, he surely did make a way for his people. And however, this, however, this was not Israel and Joshua's first time with this experience. Remember, yes, this here took place in the Jordan, but... Forty years under Moses, they saw the plagues, they saw the split of the Red Sea, Exodus fourteen twenty one. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. It was through a man who trusted God, just like Joshua and Moses, that sparked miracles to happen. As we read in our main text, Joshua three eight, you shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Joshua showed obedience and faith to God by following his command. No matter how humanly impossible it sounded to cross that river at the highest point of the year, the scripture we read on, God brought them to the river, and he made a way for them to cross it. Joshua 317, their priests then bore the Ark of the Covenant and stood firm on the dry land in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on the dry ground until the people have crossed the Jordan completely. You see, church, we serve the same God that Joshua and Moses do. The same God that made a way for the Israelites, He makes a way for you and I. And if we put our trust and obedience in God, just like Joshua and the Israelites did then we can experience miracles in our life. You see, we got some background knowledge. Our first portion of the scripture talked about the, Joshua's obedience and the, the Israelites' obedience and their trust in God. But now I want to turn to the second portion of this scripture and look at bearing the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua 3, 8, You shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the river of the Jordan, you shall stand firm in the Jordan, Let's get some background knowledge. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was literally the dwelling place of God. God mentions to Joshua, the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant. The word bear means to carry. Exodus twenty-five sixteen. When the Ark is finished, place inside the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant in which I will give you. So what's a covenant? A covenant is a sacred agreement between God and his children. You see, God sets specific conditions, and he promises to bless us if we follow those conditions. And making and keeping a covenant qualifies you and I for the blessings and the promises of God. God is telling Joshua to use these men, the priests who are bearing the covenant, to place themselves in conditions, to place themselves in God's will. And that's what the picture is in this scripture. The Ark of the Covenant, is them holding it is a picture of them being in God's will. And people who fully trust God and who completely surrender to them will be in God's will and will see miracles just as Joshua and these priests did. Let's look secondly at God's way out. At this time in history, in Joshua chapter 3, Joshua and his men are headed towards Jericho. And if you don't know, Jericho is part of the promised land that they were promised long, long time ago. And their first standstill, as we discussed, was at the point of the Jordan River to go into the Promised Land. And this was a physical barrier that prevented the the Israelites from stepping into the will of God, the river. That's what the picture is. It's a barrier. And as we read our main text, it was through the faith and obedience, as we had just discussed, that God made a way for them to cross that river. Joshua 3.16, the water above the point began backing up a great distance away at the town called Adam, which is near Zerathon. And the water below the point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Here we see that the Israelites are walking on dry ground. From human perspective, it seems impossible. But something you and I must always remember, nothing is impossible for God. You see, a world today is full of unbelief. It's Walk by sight, not by faith. They want to see. It's about seeing, not believing. And for some reasons, sometimes even as Christians, we can have this same perspective that God is limited in what he can do. But the truth is, God is not limited. And truth be told, we are the limited ones. Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. As I was putting this sermon together, I was stumbled on why water is referenced so much in the Bible. And it's used in many scriptures for a reason. This is very deliberate. When God puts something in the Bible, it, it's deliberate. And we're going to look at that. So just like our main text, they crossed the Jordan River, um, the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, Elijah crossed the river, Elijah crossed the sh- river. Um, scripture in the Bible continuously emphasizes on God's way out through a body of water, but why? I was so intrigued on uh, why water. So I looked up articles on water. Let's look up the elements of water. So I'm going to give you guys a short little lesson on why water. So if you didn't know that the earth is covered by two-thirds of water, you probably learned that in earth science. Water makes up majority of our body weight. This is why it's important to drink water. Water is the most important solvent used in chemistry for this reason. Many chemical reactions are based and are almost all biological reactions are done in water since most biological systems are water-based. Water is the most powerful element for it can move around any obst- obstacle in its path without losing inertia. You guys know what that means? Without moving its essential nature, water can in its time dissolve the hardest mountains. That's why in the rivers you see the smooth rocks. That's water. We can redirect it Or we can temporarily put water to a halt, like dams, but we can never stop it. It's humanly impossible to stop the force of water. You guys ever heard of a tsunami? Yeah, no thank you. There's no stopping that, nor preventing this natural disaster. And it would have to be an act of God, just like a miracle for the Israelites, for a river or for a sea to be split and to walk on dry land. Yet, time and time again, God reveals his power and authority... Through believers by showing water parting. So God obviously knows that water is the most powerful force because He made it and He uses water to reveal His glory. We see this in 2 Kings 2 through 8. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. And the water divided and the two men crossed the dry ground. As well in 2 Kings 2 14. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak. And where is the Lord of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elijah crossed. And the most notorious, which all children should know, is Exodus fourteen twenty one. Then Moses stretched his hand over the Red Sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea into a dry land, and the waters were divided. So here, these are just a few references in the Bible. And I believe that these are reference points that God gives us to show us that there's a way out, out of any circumstance that we face in life. And God has a way out for any person, for any circumstance, and any um, situation. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You see, church, God's way out for you and I isn't always ideal. And it's o- not always convenient as well, as well, it's not always comfortable, and it's Hardly ever clear what God's will is going to be done So that's something you should pray for God's will to be clear And known Well one thing is for sure is that God is on the throne And no matter what we face in life There's always a way out for you and I Let's look finally at being in the will of God As believers we must keep A spirit of faith and obedience Throughout the Bible there are references That we have to show us That people have placed themselves within God's will, and he was surely to make out a way out for them. Joshua three twelve through 17, now choose 12 men from the tribe of Israel, one from each tribe. The priest will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will cut upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away from the town called Adam, which is near Zerathin. And the water below that point flowed to the Dead Sea and until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, The priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant stood on dry land in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed. And they waited until the whole nation of Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So, scholars believe that the Ark of the Covenant weighed about 615 pounds. That's roughly 160 pounds per person. Joshua three seventeen. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant stood on the dry ground in the middle of the bed as the people passed, and they waited there until so the whole nation of Israel crossed on dry land. So here we have a 615-pound object while an entire nation is passing in a river. I couldn't imagine being in the sandals of those priests. But when I think of priests, and, you know, we don't do priests anymore. We do pastors. But go to any Catholic church, and it's usually an old guy. So imagine old guys holding... The Ark of the Covenant in the river for a long period of time. I couldn't imagine the agony they're in. A whole nation, right? That that's a long time. And you gotta remember, they walk there and they still have to walk after. But for some reason, this scripture's in there. This is a reference point for you and I. Because being in God's will is not a comfortable place sometimes. It's not always something that we desire personally. Because if we're being truthful. With ourselves, at times, it can be physically and mentally draining doing what we do as believers. We were here until 10 o'clock last night doing these panels. You know, it's, I like you guys, but I don't want to be here at 10 o'clock at night. I have two Nosses and some coffee beans to keep me going. So, it's important that we place ourselves in God's will, though, no matter what the circumstances may be. You see, it's better to live in God's will on our feet, laboring, than not to be in God's will and sitting on our butts. You see, the priests in our text are not sitting on their butts. They didn't have sketchered sandals. They didn't have Crocs. I'm assuming they had blisters and sores on their feet because they just had leather and they were walking for hours and hours. In fact, I think that, and I know personally, and and I've been told this, and as a disciple, we're told that being comfortable in your salvation is a very dangerous thing. Because when we become comfortable, we, we let our guard down. We, we take, we, we relax. So I can take a day off from reading my Bible. I don't have to go to prayer this day. I don't have to witness to this person. Gotta tell you to evangelize on so next time that you're getting too comfortable in your salvation. It's, when you go talk to someone, it's not always comfortable, but it's not about what you want. You don't know what that person's going through. And this is actually what the devil's looking for. He's looking for easy targets. You know, if we kick our feet up and we're at peace and we just go day by day and I'll go to the next service or I'll witness next time, I'll pray next time. This, this, this is not a very, very good thing. This, this is very bad. And we can get comfortable and sometimes we can take God's blessings as believers and forget the reason why God actually put us here on this earth. He put us here to evangelize and we're here to do His will, not ours. Just like Jesus said on the cross, not your will, but Not your will, not my will, but yours be done. Technically, they're both your will, but you you know, Jesus is God. But anyways, even Jesus said that, but he knew what was ahead of him. But he knew that he wasn't going to be comfortable through that pain and the suffering, but he did that for you and I. You see, the devil doesn't take days off, and neither should you and I. Don't miss out what God has planned for you. You ever heard of the term hobby pastor? Well, don't be a hobby, Christian. Always be ready for what is spiritually ahead of you. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. John 10.10, 10, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You see, in our text, the priest took upon themselves the responsibility that God gave them. And the job they had in that moment is the same job that you and I actually have to this day. In our main text, the priests placed themselves within God's will. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant is God's will. They're bearing God's will, right? So, I just did Yanni, right? But through their decisions to be in God's will, they also put their personal desires and their personal comforts to the side. And they actually stood in a gap for an entire nation, And you and I, here tonight, we need these same traits. Because you and I stand in the gap for a world that is in trouble. We need to bear the Ark of the Covenant upon ourselves. Again, God's will. Meaning, placing ourselves, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how uncomfortable it will be. And through this, this is how we will see miracles unleashed. These few priests saw an entire nation from one side of the river cross to another. They watched an entire nation step into their promised land. And what a tremendous blessing that is for all of us today. Because of their obedience, we are where we are today. Imagine what you and I could see if we placed placed ourselves in that same position as the priest did. We could see this city. We could see nations impacted by our decision to stand in the gap and do God's will. And we will see miracles take place. Bow your heads with me, church. And close your eyes As we conclude this service Here this evening I want to take an opportunity To give you guys An opportunity to meet the living God The God that does miracles You see Our text here tonight spoke of Miracles of people crossing You know, waters But I'm here to declare to you tonight that the most important miracle that you can ever be a part of is salvation. You see, salvation is God's plan and His purpose for this earth. Salvation is the reason why you're here this evening. Without salvation, we have no purpose here. Salvation is turning away from doing your will and doing God's will you can do that. You can step into God's will and do His purpose by repenting. Repenting is simply saying, God, forgive me, for I have sinned. Sin is what man knows is right, but yet does wrong. We've all sinned. Everybody knows what sin is. Don't let them lie to you. We have an inner conscience that tells us, no, don't do that. That's called conviction. So I want to give Anyone here tonight, an opportunity, in the crowd this size, if they would like to receive the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, to receive a miracle. You see, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I. He shed his perfect and innocent blood, putting sin to death. Yes, we can stand in the gap between the enemy and lost, but ultimately we could not have done that if Jesus Christ never stood on that, if he was never on that cross and stood in the gap between sin and man. So I'll give an opportunity here tonight. Is there anyone at all in this place with an uplifted hand that would signify that they would like to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? They want to be forgiven of their sins. They want a miracle. He can take away the pain, the guilt, sleepless nights addiction Jesus loves you and He want to do a miracle in your heart with an uplifted hand how many would there be in this place here tonight turning to Christians maybe you once walked with God and you, you were led astray and you got too comfortable in your salvation and you've stepped out of the will of God you can do that you can step back into God's will He can unleash miracles just like he did for Joshua and the Israelites. He can do that for your life with an uplifted hand backslider. Christians, you see, if we read this text, we can kind of just simply just read it and think nothing of it. But something I learned is that when I read my daily Bible that we need to look what's in those scriptures because each scripture is unique in its own way and yes i'm here preaching the gospel and i look for those intentionally but as believers we need to look into the scripture because you know the bible is living it's alive and the only way that god can do a miracle in your heart is if you receive the word of god and you meditate on it daily There are are obstacles, there are hindrances, there are things that are withholding us from stepping into God's will. And that may be us, that might be a sin issue, but sometimes, like I said earlier in our sermon, it's not always us, it's not always something that's in our control. Just like in the book of Job, Satan went to God and said, Let me have him. And God said, you can do anything but kill him. And what did Job do? He showed humility. He showed um, um, favor to God and he remained faithful. And maybe you are a Job here tonight. God can do a miracle in your life just like he did in Job. He can split the waters. He can split the seas. God is not limited in what he can do. He can bless you financially. He can heal your body. He can save those who are lost, spouses, children, family members can bring revival to this city but first just like the priest did you need to bear the ark of the covenant aka god's will and step into his will and not yours these altars are open this evening if you guys want to come speak with god for a few moments we're going to sing that song oh lord Oh, Lord, how majestic.
1: majestic is your name, and you are higher lifted up, and your glory fills the temple, and you are higher lifted up, and we worship you, and you are higher lifted up, and your glory fills the temple, we worship you in spirit. Church, give God praise here tonight. Hallelujah. God, Oh, yanda la rebebe. Yanda la la yo lo You are worthy, God. We worship your name.